Mountain Home is a hotel in the heart of the Himalayas, and all you can see are the mountains that tower above you. It is ran by two young couples that love to serve their customers with all the hospitality that you deserve. If you're ever in Kumbu, please be sure to stop by Mountain Home in the village of Zongla. Hey there, welcome to Yak and Yeti. This week's episode will be about the mountaineering industry and how Sherpas are getting the short end of the stick. Close your eyes and imagine this. <laughs> Wait, actually, don't. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. You know what I mean. So you saved up sixty thousand dollars in ten years. Now you know you can use that money to climb Mount Everest. You already contacted a tour company, and they said it will cost sixty thousand dollars, which you knew with your research. Perfect. Now you wire the money, so the money goes to the tour company. Now you pack your bags and head to the airport. You are headed to Kathmandu. After a long flight, you finally arrive in Kathmandu, and all you see is a line of taxis, chaotic roads, cows on the streets, and the smell of diesel in the air. And you think to yourself, "Wow." This will be an adventure. You spend some time in a place called Tamil, buying some gear with the tour company, and they tell you that in two days you'll be going to Lukla Airport, one of the world's most dangerous airports. Now you think that as you go through Tamil, and realize that people have been living like this as you were comfortable in the U.S., two days fly by real quick as you were exploring the city, and now you got to wake up at 5 a.m. and head to the Kathmandu Airport to fly in a twenty-seater airplane. That will land in a narrow and short runway on the edge of a cliff. You look around and everyone looks excited but scared. Even though you're scared, you know you'll land and have a good time. The airplane comes and now you gotta load into it. You're tightly seated and you can see the pilots fly. As you fly towards Everest, you look outside and see the hills and rivers. You wonder there might be someone down there looking up at you. Then the thirty minutes fly by real quick as you're approaching Lukla Airport. It's scary, and everyone seems to be praying. As you approach the airport, you have this thought that what if I die right here? Luckily, the skilled pilots land the aircraft, and you see that the airport workers are just walking towards the aircraft. You don't believe it. You're actually going to climb Mount Everest. The airplane door opens, and as you step off the aircraft, you feel as if you had taken a Breath of air for the first time. The air is so fresh that it clears all your doubts and worries. Spend a night in Lukla exploring the streets, and all you can see are Sherpas, Sherpas who own hotels and invite you for a cup of tea as your kids are playing inside. The next day, you start heading towards Namche. You know, it'll be a long hike, probably all day, as you pass by multiple bridges that are suspended in air. And now you're so used to the yaks and donkeys that are passing by. Every now and then, you think to yourself, "Wow, this land is so beautiful. Let's call it Sherpa land." After a whole day of hiking, close to twelve hours, you finally arrive in Namche. Your legs are shaking. It's like one of the worst leg days, and you know this is just a start. You finally snuggle into your bed and have a well-deserving sleep. As you wake up and go down towards your hotel room, you smell the fresh cup of tea and roasting potatoes in the kitchen. Your fellow hikers, you talk about how you're tired and how you can't believe it's just normal for the Sherpas to walk like this. You think to yourself, "Wow, how could the Sherpa guys just do this normally and not be tired?" 
you gain respect for the Sherpas. As you spend a week to get used to the thin air, the Sherpa guides are just heading up and down multiple villages to transport your gear. Now you think you're ready to climb Mount Everest, so you muster up all your strength after a week and start trekking towards Everest Base Camp. You pass by multiple villages such as Shongbuche or past the path towards Gokyo and you see the monastery far in the distance as you're walking on the edges of cliffs. You know you'll be camping there in the village of Tengbuche. You keep persisting and three days roll by as you pass by Pangbuche, Veruche and Tukla. Finally, as you go towards Gorokshep, you'll see the magnificent Everest Base Camp. After all this, you're exhausted and you finally sleep in. You wake up in Everest Base Camp and all you see again are shepherds going up and down, supplying gears and helping everyone. You're amazed by them and you feel so safe in their hands. You already know many Sherpas and they smile at you every time you need help. All you see are the friendly faces. Little do you know that they have their own lives, they have their own worries, probably a wife at home worrying about their life, their kids, or growing up in Kathmandu or even in the villages. But every time Sherpas are helping you, they seem to have a smile on their face and they look at you with respect. Your favorite Sherpa tells you that night that they will be going to Camp 1 by crossing the Kumbu Icefall to set up camp for you guys. So you're excited as the next morning you're going to climb Lokuche so you can practice for the real mountain. The next morning you wake up to a disaster. You find out that there was an avalanche that killed 13 Sherpas. You feel sad for them and sympathize with them, but you still want to climb Mount Everest. Soon as the day goes by, you hear that Sherpas are rallying to not climb Mount Everest. Your tour company tells you that there are some evil Sherpas that are rebelling and you start to think that that smile is not so friendly anymore. You watch the Sherpas rallying and talking in Nepali and you're so annoyed that you can't climb Mount Everest after all. A decade of savings, all this money, and now the Sherpas are just stealing it from you and they don't want to do their job. You think to yourself, how dare the Sherpas do this? But little by little, they find out that more Sherpas are probably dead in the mountain. Now as the Sherpas are looking for their relatives, you think, oh my god, I have to go to US and tell my friends and family that I couldn't climb Everest this year because of the Sherpas. Your tour company tells you that there's nothing they can do as the Sherpas are rebelling and being polluted by the evil Sherpas. But did you stop to think that what it means for the Sherpas to lose 16 people? That's probably their friends and cousins who died. That's probably someone's husband or father. That's probably someone's son who was the next of kin and their caretaker. That's probably respected Sherpas of the villages who just climbed to earn a decent living. All you can think is, wow, my $60,000 is just gone. But $11,000 of the $60,000 goes to the Nepali government, who has little to none compensation for their dead Sherpas. About 6% goes to the least Sherpas, who earn close to $4,000. In this episode, let's talk about the dilemma and the financial breakdown of this journey you might not know of. Finances needed to climb Everest. We already talked about it, but... Average tour company charges you $60,000, but did you know where that $60,000 goes to? $11,000 of the $60,000 goes towards the Nepali government to a permit cost that is non-refundable, and $400 goes towards the fee for the applications. Now, that's just the application, so I don't even know where that $400 goes towards completely 
administrative costs for what and you got to pay a nepali liaison officer 500 dollars per person and then the visa which is mandatory it's a hundred dollars which goes towards the country but then there's you know the climbing gear which costs six thousand airfare which costs two thousand dollars Kathmandu hotels which cost 500 all those costs are actually pretty decent and it's a good deal uh, I'm not gonna say it's a bad deal because it actually it's expensive for a reason but the most expensive part of the cost is eleven thousand dollars a one-time fee that's so expensive but did you know where that money goes I don't know if any of the Nepali people knows where the money goes towards because the government doesn't show where the money goes towards. There's no financial disclosure of where the permit fee goes towards. There's no work being done by the Nepali government in Mount Everest. The Nepali government doesn't help any of the Sherpas. But when they do help Sherpas, there's very strict conditions. We have to protest against the Nepali government for them to come into base camp. Phoned by a head of a tour company. That not that insane? So... In 2014, a head of the tour company had to fly in a representative for Sherpas by the Nepali government to fly into Everest Base Camp with oxygen gear. He had to wear oxygen gear and he was representing Sherpas in the base camp. And he came to he came to the base camp as the Sherpas were protesting with Nepali government. And they tried to calm down the Sherpas, but Sherpas got more riled up as they realized that Nepali government wasn't going to do much. And they, they didn't even let Sherpas not climb Everest because, because that's what the Sherpas wanted. There were three dead bodies in the mountain in 2014. And the Nepali government would rather have that income come from the mountaineering industry rather than helping the Sherpas gather their dead and paying for the dead Sherpas funeral or paying any sort of compensation for the dead Sherpas family. What about those? What about a retirement pension for the Sherpas so that they could have a decent living after ending their career in the mountain? Again, the mountaineering industry brings in so much money for the Nepali government. If you do the math, $11,000 average year, let's say I saw on their website that it was like 890 people that come to Everest and those are the summiters. So there's way more people that come into Everest, but majority of the tourist industry relies on base camp and Everest and Kumbu. So $11,000 times 890, that's close to $9 million. Again, dollars. So it's not rupees. Um, that's probably like close to 9 billion rupees. Where does that money go towards? Because there aren't any governmental projects in Kumbu that are being supported by the Nepali government to improve the conditions for Sherpas. There's not much Nepali schools that are being paid by the Nepali government in Kumbu. It saddens me, but Sherpas are just being taken advantage of, plain and simple. But the real victims of this are the many Sherpas whose husband went towards, who went to climb Mount Everest, and now they, they just can't come back home because they're left in the mountain, either dead or missing. And now they have no source of income and they don't know how to pay the bills for their kids' schools. They don't know what they're going to do with their lives. There's so many Sherpas that are living like that. 
and where's the Nepali government to step in? Because they could step in. That $11,000 they charge for the permit, they probably charge that money $11,000 so that they could account for, you know, these events happening. So they will eventually support the Sherpas. But where is the support? There are no support. There's tons, thousands actually, of Sherpas that are suffering from similar cases like this. And then there are numerous Sherpas that are that are old now and have no source of income because their kids went to the United States and now their family is in the in other countries. And they used to climb Mount Everest, but now they have no source of income from the Nepali government because there is no retirement fund or there is no pension fund by the government. This is a necessity, you know. This is something that Sherpas actually need and will benefit from. Where is that $11,000? It will be better used in a retirement fund or a healthcare fund. Let's say not the whole $11,000 because, you know, you, you still got to pay the taxes and all that. But you can set half of each climber's $11,000, say $5,000 for a fund that will provide health care, a pension fund and, you know, multiple insurance funds. So that if anything bad happens to the families of Sherpas that are so detrimental towards this industry and economy of the Nepali government, finally, the Nepali government could step in and do something, you know, if they had a fund. But again, they don't have a fund. Uh, there's a national mountaineering agency, but I don't know if they do a lot because they still don't disclose that. Recently, there was an article that they were going to increase the the insurance fund for the the life insurance fund for the sherpas but that's only by a couple thousand so say your family died in the mountain and you'll receive two thousand dollars at max that's like two thousand dollars think about that you some people in the u.s make that in less than a week and the sherpas are supposed to live off by that two thousand dollars that the nepali government will give them as a gift and as a charity and this is something that they could just live by i think the widows or the orphans need a supplemental income that the nepali government has to help with until they are back on their feet or something rather than just a flat two thousand to five thousand dollar reward like that's just not enough that's that's just not a good government so i created this episode hopefully to raise awareness for that permit fee where does that $11,000 go to? Because I'm not an expert again. And I don't know where that $11,000 goes to because I think that $11,000 could actually be put into good use. Again, that's $11,000 per climber per season. And that's non-refundable. So the Nepali government never does anything with that money. And where is that money? I challenge the Nepali government to at least disclose where that money goes towards. There aren't any clear transparent disclosures and i think the sherpas deserve to know where that money goes towards that is what the sherpas bring home at the end of the day in nepal it is the eleven thousand dollars that rightfully belongs to the victims of families that have died in the mountain or the or the, just the people that have climbed Everest and now are old or too old to climb Everest. that's just a common sense i think for the government to provide a retirement fund or a pension. So I want to say this to the fellow Sherpas that are living in Kumbu. 
In 2014, what the brave Sherpas in Kumbu did that year was marvelous. They, they just stopped climbing, you know, that year. And they just demanded that the Nepali government should shut down the mountain. But again, the Nepali government was so hesitant on that because, you know, I don't know if it's greed or I don't know if it's some sort of policy, but they were so hesitant. They didn't even close down the mountain formally. The Sherpas just decided not to climb the mountain. And again, the Nepali government can't do much because the Sherpas doing most of the work. But Sherpas see little to none of the returns. Where's that $11,000 going? There has to be some change in the mountain. And the ideal change is that could happen from this is a retirement fund, a health insurance fund, and a life, a good life insurance fund. But again, we have to do something about that. And the best way to do that is by protesting against the government and raising awareness to this issue. So please help me raise awareness to this issue because Sherpas are being robbed and they are getting the short end of the stick. 